The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and today we have rain. You know, this incredibly dry desert is soaking it up and, you know, we'll have something that we don't have a lot of and that's weeds. Uh, it's always nice here when we have rain, lovely stuff. Today, I invite you as usual to go to the self-improvement blog. That's theselfimprovementblog.com uh, and take a look around. You'll find a picture of today's guest and her bio as well as a review of her book. And there's a couple of YouTube videos in the right column. I really encourage you to take a look because once you hear what Linda has to say, you're going to want to know more about her. I can guarantee it. Today, I want you to think about something that you absolutely love to do. Love to do it. Now, when you're doing that something, I'll bet it seems effortless regardless of how taxing it might be at any level, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. In those instances, time seems to stand still. We've all had those. You know, you may forget to eat. You may look at the clock and find that it's way past your bedtime. And you can't imagine how the time went by so fast. Now, some people call this being in the zone. Some call it in the flow. You know, we, we all have our own name for it sometimes. Um, I call it having a lot of fun generally. You know, but what's the neuroscience behind this effortlessness? And how can we apply it to other parts of our life? Can we enter this state at will? Now, if so, how do we do that? Now, what's the difference between struggle and effort? Is there one? What's the difference between effortless and effortlessness? Is there a difference there? We're going to talk about all of these things today. And if you look at the blog, there's even a couple articles about creativity there. Linda Smarzik is our guest today. She's been teaching the creative process to college students of all ages for over three decades. 
And she doesn't look very old either. So, you know, her. her research has produced unique insights regarding the interplay between brain function, the mind, and the process of creativity. She has a Bachelor's of Science in Commercial Art from Texas State University and a Master's of Science in Brain-Based Teaching and Learning from Nova Southeastern University. She is the Dean of the Computer Studies and Advanced Technology Department at the Austin Community College District and is the author of the recently published book, The Mind of Thu's Thriving with Effortlessness. It's a great read, and I'm just delighted to welcome Linda Smarzik to the Self-Improvement Show. Linda, welcome. Thank you, Irene. That was a wonderful introduction. I really well, appreciate you know, it. I have had an interest in this for a long time, and if you ever had time to go through the blog, you'll see a lot of articles about um, brains and brainwave technology and being in the flow and all of these things. So I have an interest. I was really excited to know that you were coming on the show. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Oh, great. And likewise, I'm very excited to be here. So uh, I'm ready. Okay, well then tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Linda Smarzik? You know, what was it like growing up and how did you get into what you're into? Sure. Well, um, growing up, I grew up in San Antonio and um, had a really rough life growing up. And that's where I was introduced to struggle. And that struggle became, you know, being in the brain became a a habit, became a neural network for those of us who know about neurons and neural networks. As I got older, I realized that that struggle was, it was was killing me. I was not being able to um, function. I had a lot of dysfunctional things going on in my life. But creativity, and then whenever I uh, dropped into meditation, because I learned how to meditate a little bit older, I realized that that struggle didn't exist, particularly when we got in that flow, that effortlessness. And I, I, I realized I had a split. Why can I not take that effortlessness or that flow and bring it over into my everyday life? And that led me to a trip to take uh, to go to base camp Mount Everest. Well, I never made it to base camp, but on the second day up on the leg uh, going to Namche Bazaar, I ended up eight hours up. Once I got to that top, I ended up getting severe altitude sickness. It and that almost, is a terrible thing. I've had that myself. And have you? It's, it's not horrible. nice. No, and you, you, the brain, it feels fat and fuzzy, and you feel drunk. And and um, anyway, I, the lodge older told my guy that I, he had to take me down off the mountain right then and there. The next lodge was two hours down, and it was getting dark. Now, in the movies, you can imagine cliffs just looking down on the right, and there's a thousand foot drops. Well, this was exactly what was happening. It was rocky trail. So we were, you know, going down the trail and tripping, slipping all over the place for the first 15 or so minutes. And something in me just said, Linda, you're going to have to calm down fast. Uh, And I just used a little meditative phrase that I had been used to using and started to calm down quickly and my guide was also doing the same thing unbeknownst to me. Well, suddenly my feet started landing, even though it was dark, and I didn't know where I was putting my feet, in the right place again and again and again for an hour and a half running down this mountain to the next lodge. And I, I, I went into this unthinking state. 
when I got to the bottom of the lodge, you know, I was um, glad to be safe in the lodge, one, but I was flabbergasted of what was that? What happened? So I got back to the States and started studying it and realized it was the same process, the same feeling when I painted, because I used to be um, a painter, when I painted or when I ended up doing something that I loved and enjoyed. It was the same effortlessness, the timelessness and the endless energy that happened to me going down the mountain as the creativity, the process of creativity is what I call it now, um, and in my meditation. So that's when I started writing and and writing and writing and studying (laughs) (laughs) and writing. (laughs) Can you share with us what that phrase was? Sure, sure. That phrase for me at the time was, um, uh, you would think it would be Om Mani Padmi Hum because I was in Nepal, but that was actually my guide's phrase. He was using that. I was using a phrase called Om Namah Shivaya, which is, I I honor the divine self on the inside. We were both using phrases we found out later on the next day, and it calmed both of us down to where we just went into this lovely, surrendered, effortless state, and it was magical, to say the least. So you, you, were, you were in the idea of neuroscience, although you hadn't studied it yet. Is that That's where correct. You... I didn't really even know, I don't even know that I knew the word neuroscience at the time. I was 41, 42, and it might have been uh, talked about a little bit, but I wasn't, certainly wasn't paying attention to it. It's, it started showing up when I started writing exercises for my students because um, I, I thought, can I, can I turn this into something that can help people turn on to that effortless state? So and then I started writing exercises, and I noticed that uh, they were getting it, and they were moving more into this state. So then I started writing a little bit more and more, and that, again, has led you know, to this, this work right here. Um, and, um, you know, I forgot your question. What was your question? <laughs> it, it was a, uh, about neuroscience. And at this oh, point in your life, when sure. you realized you were in the flow, you wanted to know more about what that was, but you weren't into neuroscience. How did right. you know to turn to neuroscience to come to that? Yes, and, somewhere, somewhere a few years ago, I realized as I started studying on my own, started doing a lot of research, I wanted to know what causes us to not be in that state. And I started without, a gra- without any graduate courses, without anything, just started doing a lot of research. From that, I came to recognize that, oh, okay, we've developed three brains over millions and millions of years. And in that second brain, that emotional brain, is something called the reticulating activating uh, system. And it toggles between stress and calm. When we're stressed, it toggles us into fight, flight, or freeze. When we're calm, we're in the uh, creative learning brain, in the cerebral cortex. So when I started studying that and realizing that was going on, I recognized that a lot of my students at school, they were in a constant state of stress. And then it was really difficult for them to calm down enough to go from the... um, beta state into the alpha state and then to calm down into the theta state and let that let an integrated brainwave show up so then that those ideas and that illumination of ideas could just show up from uh, nowhere and when I realized 
when I realized that, that's when I got very, very excited and started um, decided to get a master's in this particular area. And yay for the school because they let me wrap a lot of my own work into this area. Um, ah, and I, nice. I'm, mm-hmm, great school. When, when, or when, and how did you realize that you could listen to music or you know something prepared to take you from a beta state down into alpha or theta? Did you did you pick that up in in reading about it, or did somebody share that with you? How did sure. you stumble into that? Because I, I mean that's I, a that's a really important piece. Yeah, I stumbled into it. What happened was I was doing when I first started my graduate work. I started it off at the University of Houston, Victoria, and I started it off in the summer and was supposed to write one paper. That was it, one paper for the whole summer. And I thought I would weave in creativity and neuroscience and effortlessness and about eight other topics into this It paper. sounds like a doctoral dissertation. It was a <laughs> doctoral dissertation that I was trying to do over the course of a summer. Well, I ended up um, really blowing the paper, <laughs> but I learned quite a bit. And in that, I learned about um, uh, I learned about being able to use music, being able to use um music in such a way that it takes your brainwaves into this calmer uh, calmer state. And I actually wrote some of my own music using GarageBand because I couldn't find anything that I really liked. So I put a, uh, I ended up putting a uh, brainwave, I mean a wave in the back that was able to take the brain down to the alpha state. And I still use it to this day whenever I need to start writing and I'm not calming down. Just plug in the my headsets, my headphones, and uh, these are binaural beats, and I just plug it in, and it just calms me down in just five minutes, ten minutes, I'm quickly writing. And I've since written quite a, a little bit more music since then, and it's it'll, it's coming, uh, but not today. Now, there's some really good stuff on the Internet for, for the listeners. Um, you know, on, the web, on my blog, you might take a look at Project Meditation. It's perhaps one of the best I've seen. There are also some that let you... Um, put together the the binaural beats the way you want them and and they give you music to work with in the whole bit. Uh I, I've I've tried that too. It didn't work as well for me as project meditation. But um everybody's so different and you know it there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say to the listeners is take a look around. Get on the internet um, Google brainwave entrainment or even just brainwaves and you'll get all kinds of information and all kinds of programs available and most of them let you listen for free or try something for free to see how it works for you. But it's um, one of the best self-improvement tools that I've found. That's great. Thank you. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Project meditation, I, I just can't say enough good things about that. Um, I did the whole Holosync program, which takes several years, and finally ended up quitting because it didn't seem to be taking me anyplace else. And then this last year, I found project meditation, and I, I really, I really like it. And I think I've tried almost everything out there. Yeah, um, that's, and on, that's great. On that note, it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about 
effortlessness. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Linda Smarzik, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paula Joy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Linda Smarzik. We're talking about effortlessness, and we were talking before the break about brainwaves and brainwave entrainment. Let's talk a little bit about that while we're here. There may be some listeners who aren't familiar with it, so give us a thumbnail. This is like a college course in a couple <laughs> minutes, but <laughs> could you give us a thumbnail of what brain waves and brain wave entrainment, um, what's that, what those terms mean, what it is. Sure. The brain waves, it's electrical activity in the brain. And there are actually five brain waves. And the ones that we're used to being in is the beta state. When we're in a high frequency beta wave state, we're a little scattered. We're, we're thinking too much. But when we get in a low, lower frequency of the beta, then we're starting to relax. When we when the frequency gets even lower, then what happens is we move into the alpha, which is a real creative state. It starts to become dreamy. Uh, we're, we we become more creative. In the uh, delta state, I'm sorry, in the theta state, then we become we're kind of, we're kind of sleeping, so to speak. But we're not 
a lot of times we have great ideas in that state, but we're not, we're not able to bring them forward into the waking state. And then the delta, we're asleep. We're in deep meditation. And the gamma, I just say that that's for Zen monks, um, <laughs> even though we do experience it from time to time. Yeah, and, and, and it's more about compassion, as I understand, than Yeah, it is about, yes. And um, the entrainment is when the theta and the alpha and the uh, beta can all line up together. When those line up, then suddenly we're able to access our deep subconscious and actually even be able to intuit the person around us and, and sense what's going on with them. It's almost therapists have this, and they're very good at this. But then if we're able to take this with ideas for ourselves, mm, scoot over. We, we're able to become, we're able to generate a lot of ideas. Right, and, and these are not way out crazy kind of things. We're in and out of all these states every day. Yes. You know, and if you're a meditator, you can easily go down into um, a nice low alpha or a high theta. We use those levels for hypnosis. Um, there's all kinds of good uses for them. And if you start your day with this kind of relaxation, things generally come together a little better. Or at least that's how it is for me. When I when I don't do it for a long period of time, I really am aware that I'm not very cohesive. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, before we before we get into it, let's define some terms. You talk about effortless and effortlessness. I What's do. I talk about um, struggle and effort, effortless effort, and then effortlessness. And struggle is what I was talking about earlier in my young childhood as a young adult. Everything was hard. I, you know, I was struggling. I, and with it came a whole host at that time of addictions. I was probably addicted to everything under the sun. And then, you know, from there, a lot of healing happened, which is great. And then I started to recognize that the, there's a difference between struggle and effort Meaning, when we're learning something or we're taking on a new task, if we can recognize that we are in effort in that particular moment and don't fall for the tricks of the brain that will just tell us we're in struggle, well, then we know we're in effort. I didn't, I'm in, I'm in, um, I didn't learn it in this moment, but that's okay. I'm going to learn a little bit more today and tomorrow I'll learn a little bit more so that you can be able to take on your project at hand, whatever you're working on. When you're in effort for a period of time, suddenly things become more effortless than not. And in that, you're like, oh, I just solved that math problem. That's pretty good. Oh, I just got the next math problem. There's a lot less struggle slash effort. And then suddenly, before you know it, that there's a toggle between effortless effort and effortlessness that happens almost simultaneously. You, you stay into effortless effort only for a few minutes, and then you move into effortlessness with that timelessness, endless energy, the zone, uh, getting my groove on, my students like to call it. And then you're, you're able to stay in that space for hours at a time sometimes. And that's when you forget to eat and you forget what's happening around you. And, and that, those are the descriptions of those four states. Now, you are basing your book on, well, part, not totally, but partly on neuroscience so uh, give us another semester of college and <laughs> just briefly touch on the neuroscience involved in effortlessness it is the integrated brainwave 
So, and it's more than that. So we have to realize that a lot of, I watch a lot of students run around in stress. So when they're stressed, they're in more than likely the, the second brain that uh, evolved, the emotional brain, and they're unable to think clearly because they're, able, not a, they're not able to operate it out of the cerebral cortex, which is the thinking brain, the creative learning brain. From that, if they're operating in this second brain, then, then the, there's a lot of cortisol that gets pro- produced in the body. The body stays stressed. You just you can't think. So what happens is when you're able to stay very calm and you go from that beta to the alpha to the theta, that integrated brain wave, that flow that starts happening is the doorway, in my opinion, to effortless effort and then effortlessness. The neuroscience of effortlessness, I can't say that there is actually a neuroscience about that because it becomes then, in my opinion, more quantum, uh, more as in string theory. And that's where the mind of Thu's exists and the mind of Thu's and that effortlessness is Suddenly, we, if we were to believe that string theory does exist where there are strings that connect the whole fabric of the universe and all universes, then suddenly we tap into, from that very integrated brainwave state, into this effortlessness and into this mind of foods. When suddenly synchronicities start happening, we call them miracles start happening, um, uh, things that we just think about suddenly start appearing because we become more in tuned, uh, dare I say it, to the vibratory rate of, you know, a more universal aspect of ourselves. So in terms of neuroscience for effortlessness, I haven't found one yet for that. Okay. You may have. You may no, have. So no, no, I me. haven't. Uh, as a hypnotherapist, though, you know, uh, one of the things that we know is that the subconscious mind won't give you anything when you're stressed. Mm-hmm. You you can't tap into the subconscious when when you're working at it really hard. You know, for instance, if you see somebody coming down the street and you think, oh, I know them, I, what's their name, what's their name, and you really get all uptight about it because you know you know them and you know you're going to embarrass yourself and they get to you and you kind of flub around and do the best you can, and you know, by the time you get where you're going, you've realized what their name is because you've relaxed, you're over it, and your subconscious mind will serve it to you. Yeah, that's said beautifully. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think, and, you know, some of us work with what we call the superconscious, which we would, I, I guess I would put the mind of Thu's there. Mm-hmm. You know? Everything that's known, as I understand it, from quantum physics, and trust me, I'm no quantum physicist. Um, I really have to work for everything I get in that arena. Um, (laughs) But as I understand it, we can tap into everything that's known. And in, in the oneness that is ours, according to string theory, you know, we can share that. Some people call it, um, da, 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 da. Mm, what's the word for everybody's consciousness? Um, that word's just gone from me. Mine, me too. Um, but some believe that we can tap into everything that's known. And I, this to me is, what you're saying when you describe the mind of Thu's. And my, I have so many questions around that. You know, my mind went to, 
you know, really what is this? Is this divine mind? Is this everybody's mind working on a, a, a collective consciousness is the word I was struggling for. Struggle. Mm-hmm. I was struggling. Um, I, I don't know. What's your take on this, Linda? Yeah, so in terms of the collective consciousness, enthuse is a derivative from the word enthusiasm. And enthusiasm, when you go back to the root, back to the 1500s, 1400s, that actually means to be with a god. And in that, I think of the mind of Thuz as being in the mind of whatever it is your deity of choice is, uh, 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 of a god or the collective consciousness or uh, Thuz. What happens when we begin a project that we start loving and enjoying, an enthusiasm shows up. And that's really the tip of being able to move into the um, move up and uh, and into what's called the triangle of thuz. That's a whole other thing, and then being able to move into that effortlessness. So that enthusiasm then uh, uh, gives us a little bit of an energy. You know, you, when you feel enthusiastic, you feel good. You're ah oh, man, I feel great, and that moves us into the project at hand. What stops us is the brain, not so much the mind, because I think of the mind and the brain as two think different things. The I do brain, too. I was so excited to see you do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of the brain as if we can catch the brain in the act, the brain is an incredible organ, but it truly is a recording device. It remembers everything we've ever done, and then it will bring up that memory and service that memory when something on the outside triggers that to us. So then we have to ask ourselves, you know who's in control is it the is it the brain or are we in control well i can't answer that question but i do know that when my brain is going off and it's starting to create all kinds of chemicals and neurotransmitters and uh, i'm feeling this way or that i don't ever de- deny my feelings but i do want to know okay i have a lot of chemicals coursing through my body is this true in this moment you know how can i remain uh, connected to that collective consciousness, that divinity, you know, there are so many words for it. And uh, with that, then I can start reasoning myself away from the knowing that the emotions, there they are, they're beautiful, they're real, but they're not really real. And that's when I get real excited, when I can catch that. And on that note, we're going to go enthusiastically to a break We'll be back with more with Linda Smarzik in just a moment, so don't go away. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Is there a real magic formula for success, or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer, to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Linda Smarzik, and we're absolutely having a wonderful conversation about brain waves and neuroscience and getting in the zone. Um, if you just tuned in, be sure you listen to the beginning of the show. Um, before we go any further, Linda, tell us how we can reach you. How can people listening to the show find you on the internet and where do they find your book? Uh, the book, The Mind of Foods, is, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think you can just do a search and you'll find uh, a place where you, if you choose to purchase it, and where to find me, feel free to contact me, uh, Linda, at either gmail.com or, I'm sorry, L, let's, let's do Linda at onebreathvillage.com or lsmarzik at gmail.com. And um, um, the website is onebreathvillage.com. And that's a lovely website. Tell us about One Breath Village. One Breath Village is the, you know, the publishing concern of you know the the workshop and the the book and the workbook and it's um one breath village <laughs> was looking for a name for this company a thousand names went through my head and one day i just threw my hands up in the air i was struggling with it and i just opened up a book and i saw one breath and i went oh that's a lovely name and then village popped in my head so i finally applied <laughs> I finally applied what it was I've been trying to say in the book to actually getting the title of the book. So One Breath Village just popped up uh, from that very nice integrated brainwave state. It's a lovely name, and it's a really great website. Okay, um, you know, this time is going by so fast. I want to ask you one huge question and see if we can pull some of the things together so 
people can really see how practical this is. This is not way out woo-woo stuff that nobody can do. This is something everybody can have. And it, it's so enriching that I really want them to see that if they get the book, they can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, and, and we'll bring, we'll, we'll make this real. This is me. Uh, I manage several blogs, including my own. Uh, I have the self-improvement blog and the self-esteem blog, and they really need original articles. Now, after seven years of doing these two blogs, I have run out of anything to say. Mm. And I will sit here and I will look at the computer and I will play a game or two and then I will look at the computer some more. And then I probably will end up going to Ezine to find an article that somebody else has written. Assuming that I have no background at all in brainwave technology, and I, you know, I, I, I'm just starting, kind of new. I, I just need to get in the zone. I need to be able to let the juices flow so words can come. And I come to you and I say, Linda, help me, mm-hmm. <laughs> help me. I, I just, I can't get over this block. Or maybe I have a, a novel burning in me. I don't, but I mean, it, let's say I did, and and I just, I can't get it going okay where where would you start with me sure what i would start with is finding out where you you feel stuck and so you've just you've just told me that and i would show you a model of what's called the triangle of thoos and in that it's an let's just imagine that we're holding an ice cream cone in our hand but it's more of a, a triangle with three sides on one side we would have what we would call um the negative mindset where it's just going off. I can't, I won't, I, I can't write another article, I don't have anything left to say. So there's, the, there's one leg. The next leg is a leg of what I would call learned optimism. So a lot of times we'll hear children on the, uh, uh, on the playground when they're, let's say they're playing basketball or something and they miss three baskets in a row and then they'll yell out, I'm terrible at basketball. Well, learned optimism is Oh, I didn't I didn't do so great today. I'm in effort. I didn't play to my potential today, but I'll probably do better tomorrow. So now all of a sudden we have learned optimism and we can see that negative mindset. And then if we go into what's called small action, baby steps, risk, and when I say small steps, I mean you break apart the fact that you're trying to write an article in tiny small steps that take between one minute and one hour. So for you, the way you get into your your integrated brainwave state, you move here, you move there, you decide, ah, it's not going to happen, I'm not going to do it. So the for you, what happened is that negative mindset took over or you ran out of time. Okay, that's fine, that happens. But then once you realize, okay, I'm in effort, I need to take some risk. So what I would do is I would assign you 10 risks one per day that takes between one minute and one hour. That's something that makes you slightly uncomfortable. I'd have you put one risk on a little piece of paper and you know so on and so forth, crumple them up, put them in a little box, pick one risk out, and then you open it up and you just do whatever that risk is for that particular day. Watch out because then suddenly some wonderful things start stirring up in the brain because it throws you into a little bit of fear, but you get to the end of it and you recognize, Oh, my God, I did it. It's okay. So then you go back to your article, whatever it is you're working on, and you're probably going to find a few interesting tidbits that happened while you're taking those those risks. 
just have a notepad right by you. Make sure you you write down uh, whatever it is that's going on. As you start writing, you become enthusiastic. That uh, you become enthusiastic and you move into the inner triangle. The other thing I would ask you to do is to this is what Dolly did. Edison did this. Is they would try to get into the hypnagogic state. And so I would say try to fall asleep. And in that, try to take a little nap in the middle of the day and have something that will wake you up right as you're about to fall asleep. So for, I get it mixed up, I don't know if it's Edison or Dolly, they had spoons that they would hold over glass, over two glasses underneath them. And right as they would start to drift off, boom, these spoons would hit the glasses and wake them up. They would immediately jot down whatever it was that was on the mind in more of the theta state, brought forward to the uh, to the alpha state, and jot that information down. So those are two things that that very practical, easy things to do that I would have you do. Then when you see that one of those ideas and you start getting excited and enthusiastic about it, your thews starts to build up. You uh-huh. sit down. You sit down. You start to write. The enthusiasm turns into calm focus. That focus turns into um, turns into from there effortless effort and it turns into effortlessness and then before you know it your article is written oh <laughs> i can do that you can do that <laughs> i can do that you in in your book you talk a little bit about perfectionism and procrastination which should get in the way talk a little bit about those where do they enter in all of this because we all bump into those well maybe not perfectionism but eh, probably mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say you might ask yourself the question, Irene, if, you know, writing your next blog, if some perfectionism is showing up, well, you were able to hit it and nail it for years and years and years, and you've done so well, and you have comments on your blog, and suddenly what's left? You might ask yourself that question. When I started realizing that perfectionism and procrastination and actually lack of self-confidence is in there too, but I talk about that less, I started Seeing this happen to students of all ages, across all backgrounds, I would ask them at the beginning of the semester, write down three strengths and three weaknesses. Inevitably, over the past 20-something years, what comes back is some form of procrastination or perfectionism through the years. (laughs) And we all laugh about it. We laugh about perfectionism and procrastination. But the fact is that these are very deadly, and these are the these are on the leg of the negative mindset. So when somebody is has a deadline in front of them and they need to finish, let's say, 40 sketches for a logo, and they know that they have put it off to the last minute, they're probably running into perfectionism because they may not have enough input about what it is they're doing or how they're doing it. And because of that lack of input, that lack of learning or the lack of being taught that particular thing, they're freaking out. They're going into perfectionism, and thereby they procrastinate, and it's the adrenaline kick that gets them to meet the deadline. Uh, there is a wonderful example. Um, I don't think it's on my website, but it's a difference of a student who is deeply stressed trying to do logo sketches and two weeks later learning how to calm down and doing logo sketches. The, the difference is night and day between the two. So when one recognizes they're in effort, <laughs> And then instead of the struggle of perfectionism, or uh, then procrastination seems to be a little bit more at bay. I, I do have another longer exercise that goes with it, but that one's a little bit, that would take a little bit longer. But in this, um, 
the perfectionism, there's what if when, there's the normal that you want to do a really good job. That's fine. Everybody wants to do that. It's more the neurotic perfectionism that I'm talking about that then cripples us. And this neurotic perfectionism then shuts the, the cerebral cortex, the creative learning brain down, throws us into the fight, flight, or freeze, and therefore, boom, uh, nothing can, nothing can uh, get us into that process of creativity. So it, it's a toggle. It's the constant observation of the self. Where am I? Am I stressed? I'm stressed. How do I calm down? And so we would find our own means of calming down to be able to get more into that very quiet, well, it's the quiet brain and the quiet mind, the quiet uh, brain wave, and then being able to be in that uh, cerebral cortex. And on that note, we're going to quietly take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Linda more about getting into the mind of Thuz. So stay tuned. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking to Linda Smarzik, who's written this a wonderfully amazing book called The Mind of Thu's. Funny name, but wonderful book. I encourage you to get it. If, if you ever want to be able to get easily into the flow or the zone or uh, whatever it is you call this wonderful effortless state where you experience effortlessness, you know, read this book. Linda said that she's going to have a workbook out soon. 
So um, keep in mind that there's even more help coming along. We're in the last leg of this. Um, you, you teach this to college students, don't you? I use it as a vehicle to teach the course that I am teaching, which is called Design Concepts. And so I ask them to go through certain chapters that apply to the college student, and they seem to like it. They seem to love it, actually. And I Well, I would think it would be very helpful in every course they have to take. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, and they have to write about it on a, on a discussion board. Oh, that's good. Do you get any resistance from the students in learning this? I had two pilots before this where I was just dealing with effortless effort was what I was calling it. And the students would go through at that time as a workbook and it was less developed. The amount of resistance that I got from several students, uh, they just chewed me up and spit me out and they taught me. And I learned because they said, Lynn, it takes a lot of effort to do this. And that's when I started honing in on the idea of, you know, the four uh, areas that we spoke of earlier. I don't find resistance as much now. It may be, you know, if they're deciding that it's, um, if they're deciding they don't have time to take it on in that moment, but I'm finding that they're very open to it. And this is the first course this last semester that I've actually assigned the book per se. So I'll find out through the next year or so. Now you're doing some workshops too, aren't you? I am. I, I do have a workshop coming up, a nine-week online workshop coming up in September to deal with a project that one may be wanting to take on but they feel stuck about, and then we will work online uh, with the workbook and some music and some other uh, work DVDs throughout the nine weeks, which is uh, really exciting to me. I've done several pilots in this with friends <laughs> as guinea pigs. And, and who can take this? Anybody? Anybody, yes, anybody. Well, tell people how they can get into it. Do they find this on One Breath Village? Yes, it's on OneBreathVillage.com, and I believe it's on the first page, and I think it's the only workshop that's up right now. Uh, And um, just look to the right-hand side of the page, and you'll just see it's right there. It's uh, nine weeks. It's very cost-effective, and I um, would love for uh, your listeners to be interested in it. It'd be great. I'm only letting in 22 students, though. That's the big. That's, that's the big part. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's enough. If they have assignments that they need to get back to you, that's quite a bit. Of, that's quite a bit of work, actually. During the break, you were t- telling me a little bit about some of the things the brain does, as opposed to the mind, to keep you from getting into the mind of Thu's. Um, go through a couple of those for us before this show is coming to a screeching halt. <laughs> the When one is self-aware, you use that word, there's a lot of self-awareness in this work. When one recognizes one is stressed, the brain is going crazy. It's in the fight, flight, or freeze. When one recognizes they're in that second brain and they stop and they can ask themselves the question, what am I about to lose? And you really have to dig down into what I'm about to lose. Not I'm about, if a car broke down, I'm about to lose my car. No, not about that I won't be able to move about the city. Really, the bottom of that is I'm about to lose my freedom. Well, you ask yourself the question, is that true? Well, no, not really. That helps the stress and it alleviates a little bit of that stress, which then allows one to be able to be much calmer and be in that, um, you know, be in a calm 
alpha state and be able to operate out of that creative learning brain, that cerebral cortex. From there, at some point, you can move into that, and you know, you can move into um, more of that effortlessness, the mind of Thu's. And this isn't just for people who write or um, paint or you know do what we consider artistic things. We consider those things to be creative, but we're all doing creative work. That's why I've redef- I've really been uh, focused on redefining creativity into the process of creativity rather than creativity itself because then that allows one to clean out boxes, to uh, get, get prepared to move into another home or to decorate the home or to garden and put, you know, they're gardeners. They will fall into this thews for hours at a time. So it has nothing to do with, crea- with the traditional creative process. And that's the part of, I think is most important. If we can't get into our thews in some way, shape, or form every day, you know, it, we we get a little depressed. One of the most creative people I know is named Holly Clegg. She has a whole series of cookbooks. And she tries out all kinds of things with food. So she can give really great recipes to people who have diabetes and arthritis and cancer, uh, who are obese. Um, and to me, you know, she's an artist, but she cooks. She's in her continued thews. That is the process of creativity. Cooking is the process. And once people realize it has nothing to do with I'm creative or not creative, then that opens up a whole new world for people. How can you not so much be creative, but be in your thews, be in your timelessness, effortlessness, and endless energy, which feeds us. And And then it feeds us, and we get connected to that larger cosmos, and then we feel very sated and and, yeah. uh, and content and happy. You know, I and that's think what this of people book is about. who teach tiny children, you know, who do daycare. They're so in love with these children. They're just happy all day. And they're very creative in their approach to these children. And I'm thinking how enthused they could be if they knew how to get into that um, alpha state, beta state. When they're with children, how lovely would that be? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, yes. and and mm-hmm. in fact, they probably are. What's next for you? Will What's you next for me mm-hmm. is to complete the workbook and then um, get that up and out and to move into the workshop series. Um, and that those that's my focus as of now. I, I have a day job, as you know, as a dean. So <laughs> yeah, this stuff yes. happens. You're a dean <laughs> in a college, yes. I'm, I'm a dean in a college. So this stuff happens at night and on the weekends and when I'm in that deep thews, it just happens. And when I get into the struggle or effort, well, then I have a little bit tougher time. But the more I practice this, I'm a forever a student of this work, forever. I love this, what has shown up. Um, and, you know, I don't think of it as coming from me. I think of it as, you know, coming from who knows where. But uh, I forever study this work, which is which is what helps me stay in my, my own thews, so to speak. And we're going to take that as the last thought for the the listeners is that they can get excited about the things they do and realize that they can be in this enthusiastic mind state to do it. Uh, Next week's show, 
Our guest is Mark Bowness, who calls himself a life change instigator. And, and he's, I, I like it. I think of Mark, I think he's a hot ticket. I don't know how else to describe it. We're going to talk about extreme makeover for your life. And I guess if we had to give it a formal title, we'd call it extreme makeover life edition. And I think you don't want to miss Mark Bowness. Um, he's very interesting. Linda, I don't even know where to begin to thank you for being our guest today. You've been just so helpful and given us so much information. Thank you, Irene. It was a delight. I just loved this interview. So I just thank you so much. It was wonderful. You're so welcome. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Linda Smarzik, saying come back again next week. Thank you for being with us today. Come back for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.